people, right? Some people are silly. Some people are serious. Some people are analytical. You have to incorporate those things because people will identify and appreciate you for those things. Some people are going to like you. Some people are not going to like you regardless of what you do, right? You can be the most perfect person in the world adjusting to everybody and some people just will not like you. Or you can be yourself and be who you are and people will not like you. Welcome to The Foundry, where leaders are forged daily. Each week, we investigate themes of leadership, entrepreneurship, and mindset with some of the greatest minds in real estate. And now, the data scientist of real estate, George Roberts. Welcome back, investors. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with marketing powerhouse Jerome Lewis. Jerome is a number one national best-selling author. He is the lead host of the Real Estate Marketing Podcast, author of 12-plus books, including his best-selling book, Real Estate Marketing Implementation. Jerome is founder and chief marketing officer of Digital Real Estate Strategy, a tech and marketing agency that helps busy but serious real estate investors implement structure and systematize their tech, lead generation, marketing implementation, and business systems. But wait, there's more. Jerome has worked with over 7,864. That's a real number, ladies and gentlemen. We have up to the minute updates here on the Foundry. Real estate entrepreneurs from more than 40 states and four countries. He shares he has shared stages with and worked with some of the real estate industry's best national experts, including names ranging from Shark Tank's Kevin Harrington, Vena Jones-Cox, Krista Mishore, Matt Faircloth, and the legendary Ron LeGrand. Uh, Jerome is a bold introvert father and former IT professional. In 2021, Jerome won EXP University's Instructor of the Year Award. He is also the host of the Real Estate Marketing and Social Media Mastermind, where he teaches real estate investors and agents tech and marketing implementation. And now the man who is turning the real estate marketing world on its head, Jerome Lewis. Welcome, Jerome. Thank you, George. I appreciate that introduction. Thank you. Thank you so I'm much. I'm glad you appreciate that because I know that on your website, it says you're a silly but serious millennial. So I figured that I could get away with that. So we're going to keep Good. this entertaining today. I like that. And I know in your book, you mentioned that entertainment is one of the potential value adds. It doesn't all have to be educational. Exactly. It doesn't have to be educational. It doesn't have to be perfect. That's my philosophy. So like even like just now you were doing an intro, like I did my intro, I popped on a podcast right before you and I stuttered and stumbled. And guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave it in there. That's exactly. Well, hey, you are uh, definitely a braver soul than I. I'm definitely going to have that edited. <laughs> <laughs> so I backed up a couple of times and, and that'll definitely be edited. But I have to say, Jerome, one of my favorite quotes of yours is, I despise small talk. And I love that philosophy. The Foundry has never been one of those wearisome podcasts that starts with, and so how did you get your start in real estate? Or so who was your favorite Beatle? Now, I always like George Harrison, by the way, but no, we're going to cut the fluff and dive right in. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Okay. So I want to dive right into personal branding. So your website, I think, has got to be one of the most interesting and unique websites I've ever seen. It really gets your personality and your business across. I want to know what are your insights into personal branding? Yeah. So my personal insights into personal branding are, you have to be personal, right? So especially like today with technology, it's so easy to give people 
a bunch of business and factual information. That is so easy, right? We got ChatGPT that's spitting out this, making people look like professionals that are not. So it's highly essential that we incorporate personal branding. And personal branding means you need to incorporate who you are, your personality, and who you are as an individual, right? Some people are silly. Some people are serious. Some people are analytical. You have to incorporate those things because people will identify and appreciate you for those things. Some people are going to like you. Some people are not going to like you regardless of what you do, right? You can be the most perfect person in the world adjusting to everybody, and some people just will not like you. Or you can be yourself and be who you are and people will not like you. So I like to incorporate personal branding because everybody, like the factual information, Google, ChatGPT, that information is readily available. How do you make your information different? You do that by including a personal touch and personal branding. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, people only do business with people they like. And I think it is very important that your personality comes across. I know in your book, you cite that I think most people say no four times before they say yes. And I think that if you're not getting yourself across, maybe it's even more. Absolutely. So most people say no. And the bottom line here, so, and I want to, like one thing you mentioned, like people do business with who they know, Mm -hmm. like, trust, and respect. So Mm -hmm. sometimes, right, a big key word is respect. Sometimes people don't like a person, but they'll do business with them because they respect that person. So that is one thing that I wanted to point out too, because sometimes people don't like people, but they respect them. They know that they're going to bring them the results and get them or or help them achieve a specific goal. So, right. Like what you're saying is like, most people are going to say no. It's like the first date thing that everybody uses. Like, do you sleep with people on the first date? Most of the time, no, (laughs) there needs to be some kind of foreplay, right? You had to introduce, okay. Then the hug and then the kiss and then the date and then to come over to my house and then to have the drinks. There is a process. And we, as business professionals, we tend to forget that process. Sometimes most people are going to say no. And sometimes people are just busy. So it's an indirect, no, I can't do it right now. But if you're not following up, uh, you're not going to make that progress. Love it. And we're definitely going to talk about following up later. But I want to talk about that stack of books to your right side there. And, you know, leaders are readers. And I want to share with the audience my favorite new book. So here, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see. And of course, it is Jerome Lewis, the man himself, real estate marketing implementation. Uh, And you can get an audible, by the way. So don't anybody tell me that you don't have time. You're too busy. So Nehal is what has becoming a best-selling author done in propelling your real estate career forward? Man, I, so like becoming a best-selling author, I can't like attribute all of the opportunities and things that come from that aspect of it. However, becoming an author, definitely for sure. So Ron Legrand, who is a legend, like in the real estate space, I would have never had the opportunity to have him like collaborate with him if I had not published the book. So that is like a big thing that the book has done for me. And the book has led to so many different speaking opportunities. It brings me leads into my business. The book, the book does a lot of things for me and my business. And it's essentially, it's changed my life. This little asset that you sell for $20, $10, whatever it is, it really changes your life. So if you can think about like things as a high level, right? Like not that you're trying to be rich and you like leverage it, similar to what we were talking about on your uh, networking event, George, if you can leverage the book right other in other ways, such as, hey, I'm an author. Hey, can I come talk about my podcast on your book? That is how you make business. That is how you utilize the opportunities of having a book. And that's what it's done for me. Uh, the national best-selling author part is kind of vanity. 
I don't really care that much, but some people care. They're like, oh, it's a best-selling author. It allows people to uh, look at you in a different light. But just having the book in general, right? And I want people to understand, like, you don't have to be like a best-selling author. Like having a book will leverage and give you opportunities if you just create the book. Because who sits down and puts their information and their expertise into like a compact thing like that? Experts. You have to have something right. to talk about in order to establish or write a book. Right. And it's a great way to get to know you and your approach. And of course, the people who already know you like you. But as you mentioned, it does matter to some people. If I just come across your name today, that makes a big difference to see. So I think uh, it's, it's a really cool thing. And I'm interested. I'm working on writing my book, too. So I always ask my guests about writing books. You've written over a dozen books as well. So what is your secret? How do you find the time? How do you make this happen? So I have a mentor and he always says, like, everybody tries to do one thing and, and that's it. They're trying to find the silver bullet, the secret this, the secret one thing. And you have to do like multiple things. You got to. So my secret is psychology. I understand the importance, the impact and the investment that you get from becoming an author. That's one. I have the right mindset and I understand the psychology. Secret number two is that you don't have to. And I'm telling you, everybody that comes in and they try to sit down and write the book and type it out. All of those people that I've come across, they don't get it done. The way that you write your book is you talk about your expertise or your topic, right? What questions do people typically have about you, right? And it's so easy now in 2023 because we can create videos of thin air with our phones, right? We can take a podcast interview, have somebody interview you about what it is that you do. Take all of that content, transcribe it, send it to an editor, edit yourself, you know, add some personal stories. I want to add this here. Get a core content. Get that core content from your video and your audio transcripts, and that's your book there. And the other thing is like your book doesn't have to be like a thousand pages, right? So it's, it's like, why, why 12 books? Why 20 books? Because each one of these things is a different topic. And people are more impressed by, I could make a whole book that's that stack. Nobody wants to read that, but I can break out each particular topic and I can say, look, I've got this many books on this many topics. And that's how you do it. Get a book done, right? Get the short book done get it published. And then if you got more to say, and you want your book to be perfect, write version two, write edition two, do something like that. So is that making sense? Am I answering your question? Yeah, I love it. And I see that you're living it too, because when I went to your YouTube today, that's one of the things you were talking about. Hey, go out, make a video, and then you can use these AI tools. You can, you can transform that into your book. So you may already have a book in you. Uh, I think most people do if they're willing to take the time, but you may find that it's easier to get the words on the page than you realized. Love it. Way, way easier. Way easier. All Every expert that I've come across, expert, entrepreneur, they are an expert in their topic and all they have to do is talk about it. A good way to talk about it is have someone interview you or think about the questions that people typically ask you. That's your book there. That's one book and you get that done, you become an author and it starts to give you other opportunities. Right. So I do know I mean, you do coaching, you do done for you, marketing, et cetera. So you obviously, you need the mindset for that. And I want you to have an opportunity to share that with people. I know that you're a big fan of writing your goals down. So tell us how that has transformed your business. Major, I'm a major fan of writing down and I like study every day. Like you said, like readers, leaders are readers. And I used to like be a big advocate of like, go digital, do digital, everything. But 
the more we integrate digital, the more people come, become overwhelmed with like getting things done. So two scenarios, like I was working with this one client and I was like, okay, what are your goals? And like, how do you handle it? She was like, they're all in my brain. I was like, okay, you got to get it out and you got to get it on paper. And she was struggling to get it out onto the technology in the first place. So this is why I'm like big on, I like results. So this is why I'm big on writing it down because this way, when it's time to write it down, you don't have to think about, okay, what software do I plug it into? What website do I go to, to adjust my goals and look at what it is? Like we all essentially, we know how to write. So write down your goals and their psychology behind writing things down. Like you said, uh, the more you write, the more you write and the more you are involved, like listening to a presentation or a podcast or something like that, you retain more information because you're writing. And I think that is largely due to the fact that you're involving yourself and you're actively participating. You're involving more senses than just listening or just uh, typing something into a computer. So writing activates more senses, right? From my understanding, and that will help your body retain and understand more of that information so you can go out and successfully execute. Uh, there's also psychology, and uh, I like Maxwell Maltz is probably the best personal development book I've read, Psycho-Cybernetics. He also talks about the importance of the right psychology behind accomplishing and achieving your goals, and also uh, seeing your goals in your own handwriting. There's some kind of personal connection, personal effect by seeing your goals and seeing stuff written in your own handwriting, and it makes it more believable. Yeah, I love it. I do the same. If I was in my downstairs office, you'd see I've got a storyboard of all the things that I'm doing. And that's what I like to do. I get my stickies out, put them on the monitor, put it on the storyboard, and then look at it all day long. Now, one of my hacks is I like to have what I'm aiming for on the right side and what I'm avoiding on the left. Because every time I find myself getting caught in the scroll or reading a news item, I just ask myself, look, what do I want at the end of the day? Do I want to read a dozen news items or do I want to check another one of these boxes? Yeah, I call my diary, I, I don't know if you're a stoic, you may get the reference or not, but add say ipsum, like Marcus Aurelius. That also helps me for a little inspiration. So I like to write that out every day. And who knows, maybe someday my diary will be that famous. Uh, well, got to get that first uh, book published. Yeah, speak, speaking of, so first, like for an audience, you can kind of see my book and it's a plain book. Mm -hmm. It's actually falling apart, right? Mm -hmm. Like just yesterday, but I write my stuff down. Yeah. You write it down because it's easier to get it out your brain. It's easier to whiteboard this stuff. And then you put it onto the computer. But speaking of what you said about like writing, but like how do we know Marcus Aurelius? It's because he's taken his thoughts and he written them. It's in a book, it's in paper, right? That's how things are preserved. We want to preserve our legacies and do this mm -hmm. stuff. We need to write. Because the systems, the digital stuff, it's going to go away eventually. Some of this stuff won't exist, but the book, it stays around forever. The yeah. reason why the book, the Bible is so influential is because it's a book it's written and all of those stories and everything in there is being preserved. So I know some people want to preserve their legacy. That's also a good way like to write a book, like get it on paper. I'd like you to talk about some of the reasons that real estate entrepreneurs fail. Not writing your goals. I know that's a big one. You mentioned that in your book. What are some of the others? Some of the others are like they have unrealistic understanding of how this business will work. They expect it to be easy and they give up a little too, too quickly. And another a big one for me, which kind of leads into like what I do as a professional is they, they don't understand marketing and the importance of it. And they'll do like one step marketing. They'll follow up one time uh, and say, oh, this business is not working. So a really good example is like you see me actively on your weekly meeting. 
that's part of marketing, right? So sometimes we just want to send out a postcard and say, I followed up and it's not working. And marketing is more complicated than that. Marketing is not something you learn, it's something that you do. So sometimes you have to be active, you have to show up and people need to get to know who you are and be familiar with who it is that you are. Uh, how did we meet? You remember? I think we met through Havana, right? And then we yeah, set up like right. podcasts. We were, were we the only ones on that call that day? Was that the day? I know there's one day I logged on on the wrong week and I met somebody. Uh, it was a great contact. No, but regardless, through Advanta. And yeah, that's another great call. Another great way to to market your deals. And the option, the opportunities are out there all the time. Absolutely. Like part of, so again, like part of your marketing is like, it's not a postcard that you send. It's not a social media post that you put up. It's not a YouTube video that you send out. Those are all parts and those are important and essential. But a big part of your marketing is you. People want to see you. They want to know who you are. You have to show up. And I find that real estate entrepreneurs, they're failing in that way. A big part of it is like they're afraid to be on camera and show their faces. Right. But you can't imagine you can't imagine like the fear that people have if they want to deal with you. Right. Like real estate is like the most expensive asset that we invest in and we buy. Right. So people want to see who you are as a person. They're not going to trust you if they can't see you. So you need to show up. Right. I always pick on people on the Zoom calls. They want to keep their cameras off. Like people don't trust you. Right. You need to show up in that way. Stop treating the Zoom calls like a like a phone call and treat them like a meeting. Show up presently, actively participate. And the other thing is like start send, using video content and some of your digital stuff like so people can see you and understand who you are. It also communicates. That's why I love video, because it also com communicates tonality and style and delivery, whereas text, you can't do as much. So. Yeah, I love it. Those are all great tips. And I want to get back to some of the pitfalls here. A lot of people don't realize that investing in themselves is the best investment. And when you make that marketing budget, you really are investing in yourself. So why do people do that? Why do they stumble on the starting block like that? What can you do to help them? Yeah, they stumble because like you said, a big part of it is mindset. And I always encourage people like, this is not an expense. Like anything that you're doing for your business, even when it doesn't pay off per se, it is an investment. Investments always pay off. So I'm always willing to invest, right? You do your diligence, you do your due diligence, but I'm always willing to invest because I know it's going to pay off. Investing in myself, it's always paid off. There's not a time where I've invested time or money and it hasn't paid off. Maybe not always the result, exact result I'm looking for, but it always pays off because it's an investment. And uh, so people, firstly, they think about it incorrectly as an expense. It is not an expense. It is an investment. And this is why I like to, this is why I develop books. This allows people to get more realistic and more practicable, uh, practical about investing. So you invest your time, you invest your expertise into a book. People are willing to buy that book. And that's another income stream or another way for people to discover what it is that you do. And I have like, you know, just start to get technical. You can have like funnels and upsells and downsells. But by doing that, it allows you to find customers and prospects that are willing to invest in you, right? Your topic of expertise, and you can sell them other things. And that's money that you can reinvest back into your marketing, back into your business, and you can use that money to grow. Right. If you don't have any money, go out, create a product that you can sell. Ideally, I would like for it to be a book, especially with people that are trying to get people to invest with them, like high quality assets, because those right. people, they're not necessarily online as much as we are that are a little bit younger and tech savvy. 
right? But they understand what a book is and they'll buy that book. They buy that book. They, they learn how to work with you and what to do. You maybe have other products and they'll buy more stuff and you can take that money and you can take those things and continue to invest it back into your business or invest it back into their customer as an example. Right. Yeah. It's very deep. It's not superficial. These are huge transactions. So if it takes at least four touches to get most people to buy a product or a service, wow, I know that really helps. And then, it, it, like you said, it always exists. It, it stays there and you, you put that one major time investment in, but then that book is going to be out there for years, bringing you new people. Now you did talk about this a little earlier, but I want to, I want to draw you out a little bit about this. I know that a lot of real estate investors, they may try a new marketing channel and they don't get the results right away. And then they're going to say, well, wait a second, you know, these leads are, these leads are garbage. You know, this isn't working, forget it. And so what would you do to help bridge the gap between, Hey, I'm trying out new marketing to turning it into an integral part of your business. I would, uh, first it's a mindset thing. I would encourage them to like, understand that it's an investment and sometimes investments don't pay off immediately, but that's why I enjoy the book strategy, right? Because if you create a book or you create some kind of asset that people can purchase, you can make returns on that immediately. So the way that I typically have my clients come in is, uh, like I have them create a product, right? So a really good example, uh, that I walk some of my students through is create five videos. Like, what's your topic of expertise? Are you, do you specialize in property management for commercial real estate? What are the most common questions that you get? Okay, take those five questions, answer them in a video format. And guess what you can do with that? You can bundle it up, bundle it up and call it a mini course. And you can sell that mini course for $50, right? So you can send that out on social media. You can send it out direct mail. You can tell people, buy my mini course for $50. And they buy your mini course, they buy it for $50, they're taking you whatever it takes you to, you know, package it up and sell it. But that's an asset that you have and you can sell several times over and you can invest that money back into your customer or your prospect. And you would continue to build on that. What are five more questions that you get from customers and prospects? Do five more videos. Guess what? You got another course and you keep building and building and building and you can, you can charge for it. You can raise prices. There's a lot of stuff that you can do with that. But a key component of that is like... Uh, you should already have an idea of where I'm going with this. You take those videos, squeeze them down, turn it into a book. And now you have another asset that you can utilize and leverage to get people interested in what it is that you're doing. Hey, I just published this book on how to be an awesome commercial real estate investor. Who wants to buy a copy? It's only $20. Most people are willing to spend $20 on an invest. Oh, it's $20. I lost $20 in the book. That's okay right? Whether it's good or bad, that's the $20 that they're investing into you and your business. And you can let, you can take that money, you can take the profits or the proceeds from that and invest it back into your marketing. So really quickly, uh, just for the sake of we've taken those videos, right? We've got many courses that we're selling for $50 and we got a book that we're selling for $20. That's a $20 budget, right? Gross budget that we can reinvest back into our marketing. Yeah. Outstanding and great way to keep uh, the wheel turning. So, hey, I want to thank you for this first episode of The Foundry, and we're going to come back, and when we do, we're going to talk more about some great marketing strategies, and we're also going to hear about uh, Jerome's real estate investing career, and you definitely want to stay to the end because there are going to be a lot of great tips and hints for you. So thank you, Jerome. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, George. I appreciate you.